about this morning? Fantastic. Is everyone okay with the breeze coming in? If we need to close it, we can close it. It's all okay. Fantastic. Awesome. So this morning, Johannes and I decided we are going to tag team preach. Well, Johannes decided. I obeyed like a good wife. <laughs> Johannes believes I'm very submissive. Okay, so um, this morning we want to share with you a thought that has been on Johannes' heart for a while actually, and it's this idea of obedience and sacrifice. Obedience and sacrifice. And so when he said to me he wants to share about this topic or this idea, I said, well, that's very interesting because a few weeks ago, when we had, I don't actually know if it was a few weeks ago or a few months ago, but at our ladies' gathering that we do every second Thursday night, uh, we shared this idea of the life of Elijah. And the Lord had me in the life in 1 Kings 17, the story of Elijah and the provision from the widow of Zarephath for a while. And even as we, as we were talking through that, uh, I said, Johannes, it was in that same week, literally, that I heard three, four, five other churches that we follow, that we regularly listen to these sermons. All of them at the same time were teaching about the Lord's provision and the Lord's faithfulness out of this same passage. And so I'm going to share a little bit of what I've shared at our women's gathering, but not everyone was there. So if, this, if you've heard it before, just look like it's super new revelation to you. But I don't think many people were there, so... And, you know, as we've shared in the last couple of weeks, if you've been part of our church family for a while, everyone knows that we are in a season of faith. I don't think we ever leave the season of faith. The Lord calls us to walk by faith, you know, every single day. But we are in a particular next level season of faith at this time. And I believe that it's the kind of faith that speaks to situations that seems impossible. Who knows that you need, you need faith to live your everyday life? But then there comes a time where the Lord stretches your faith to another level. Has anyone been there recently? I feel like that's not going to end in 2022. We keep saying and we keep joking, but I think Johannes is actually serious that we haven't even seen the Lord stretch our faith to where we are going in 2023. Um, I think we need to close that door just a little bit, Jason. It's a belief door. Thank you so much. So we're in a season that the Lord is going to stretch our faith to a place that's going to take us to a whole nother level. Things that may seem to us like it's completely impossible. I'm talking about if you're standing in front of a situation and in your natural ability, even with your knowledge of the word, this situation seems impossible. The kind of faith that you need to move through those situations is that's the kind of faith I'm talking about. The kind of faith where you feel like the only thing that you have is the word of the Lord to stand on. There are no other guarantees. There's not a bank balance that gives a guarantee. There's not anything in the natural that gives you a guarantee. All you have is the word of the Lord. Vivas onlangs by die black. That's where we are. And that's the kind of faith that I feel like the Lord is challenging us on and saying, I want to stretch you to that next place. Because that is the place where we will see the Lord's faithfulness 
in a way that, as we said when, when we moved from Rosewood, where the Red Sea parts. The kind of faith that in that impossible situation, this is where we see the miracle. But it will require obedience, and many times it will require sacrifice to get to that place. And so I want to share this story, and I want us to read through 1 Kings 17. So if you've got your Bibles, you can turn to the Old Testament this morning. 1 Kings 17. And we're going to start in verse 7. And so I just want to give a little bit of a context. So, so Israel was in a three-year drought, okay? And the drought was because they started worshiping Baal, okay? And so one of, the, one of the laws in the Old Testament that the Lord gave to them was obviously, you shall not serve any other God. You shall not worship any other God but me. And the interesting thing is that Baal was considered the god of the weather, the god of rain. And they believed that if they worshipped him, that they would have some kind of control over the weather. And the Lord goes, I will show you who's actually in control. I will show you who is the real king. I will show you who is the real God. And so the Lord closed the heavens above them, and there was a drought for three years. And then he raised up an incredible prophet, Elijah, to come and speak the word of the Lord to the people. So this is... This is the context. So why don't we start reading from verse 7, and it says this. And it happened after a while that the brook dried up, because there had been no rain in the land. And then the word of the Lord came to him, saying, Arise and go to Zarephath. This is not to the Lord speaking to Elijah. Go to Zarephath, which belongs to Sidon, and dwell there. And see, I have commanded a widow there to provide for you. And so he arose and went to Zarephath. And when he came to the gate of the city, indeed, a widow was there gathering sticks. And he called to her and said, Please bring me a little water in a cup that I may drink. And as she was going to get it, he called to her and said, Please bring me a morsel of bread in your hand. And so she said, As the Lord your God lives, I do not have bread, only a handful of flour in a bin and a little oil in a jar. And see, I'm gathering a couple of sticks that I may go in and prepare it for myself and my son, that we may eat it and die. And Elijah said to her, do not fear. Everyone say, do not fear. Go and do as you have said, but make me a small cake from it first. And bring it to me and afterward make some for yourself and your son. For thus says the Lord God of Israel, the bin of flour shall not be used up nor shall the jar of oil run dry until the day that the Lord sends rain on the earth. And so she went away and did according to the word of Elijah, and she and he and her household ate for many days. And the bin of flour was not used up, nor did the jar of oil run dry, according to the word of the Lord, which he spoke by Elijah. Now, this is obviously a crazy story, right? So... The Lord speaks to the prophet, and he says to him, I will provide for you. Now, everyone loves to hear a word, I will provide for you. I love to hear that from the Lord. The Lord says to him, go to the poorest person who has nothing. Okay, and so I read through the story, and I said, Lord, please speak to me about this. I want to understand how does it work. The Lord says, I will provide for you, and he sends him to a place where it looks like there is no provision there. 
The situation, the, the word of the Lord is one thing. The reality of what I see is the complete opposite. Am I speaking to anyone this morning? And the Lord spoke to me about this thing. And I want to give Johannes also time. I'm not going to take all the time. He's, he's also going to share on this theme. But I said, Johannes, there were three things that the Lord spoke to me about. Three things from this passage that I believe will carry me personally, and I believe many people here, it will speak to situations in your life that will carry you to 2023, where the Lord is taking us from faith to faith, but for some of us, it will look like a big leap of faith, a big stretch of faith. So the number one thing that I felt the Lord speak to me in this passage is, God will make His Word come to pass. Number one, God is the one who will make His Word come to pass. Okay, Elijah only got a word from the Lord. He had nothing in his bank balance. He had no other guarantee at all. All he had was the word of the Lord. So he could have made a decision, either I'm going to trust the Lord at his word without seeing anything around me, either I'm going to believe this word is true or not. That's basically it. And I mean, that's really what faith is, isn't it? Hebrews 11 speaks about faith in the unseen, faith that I cannot see. Okay, so he only had a word from the Lord. And then the widow, what was interesting to me is that the widow also seemed unaware of this word. He arrived there and he asked her, okay, can you make me some bread? And she's like, I don't have anything. The last bit I have, we're going to eat and we're going to die. <laughs> and so, you know, she, didn't, she wasn't even necessarily aware. She didn't even serve the same God of Israel. She said, you're God of Israel. So she recognized he's God, but she didn't even realize that she was part of the word of the Lord in that time. But what was profound for me was basically that Elijah had to realize that even though his current reality was in complete contradiction to the word of the Lord, he had to make a decision to trust the word of the Lord. Is there a word of the Lord that you have this morning that seems completely contradictable to your current situation? Because sometimes it will look like the two are worlds apart. In fact, most of the times when the Lord speaks something, it looks completely different from what my current reality, my current reality looks like. And the Lord says, are you willing to trust me only at my word? Sometimes he's going to take us there. And that was, I mean, for us, that was really like when we moved to Namibia. I know we share this story all the time, and, you know, you might have your own examples of this, but that's what it felt like. When the Lord spoke to us about Namibia, He spoke to us about planting a church. There wasn't anything in our bank account that showed God's going to be with us. He's going to have it. I mean, there wasn't even a church bank account, okay? For so on. And it's not just finance. It's about everything pertaining to whatever the Lord is speaking to us about. The Lord wants to get us to a place where His Word is enough for us. His Word is the thing that anchors us, that places us in that place of security. Because if my security is in something other than His Word, it will fail me. Because His Word is the only thing that stands eternal, that will carry me and that will take me forward. Amen. And Isaiah 55, you know, I always quote the scripture, Isaiah 55, 11 says that the Lord watches over his word to complete it. His word will always accomplish that what it was sent forth to accomplish. 
So I feel like the Lord wants to take us back to that place where His Word is enough and where we put all our security and all our hope in what He has spoken. Amen? Amen? Dankie. Jylle weet mys, ek hou van lekker terugpraat, nie? Number two, every miracle begins with a step of obedience. Every miracle begins with a step of obedience. Elijah obeyed the Lord to think that a widow will provide for him. It made no sense in the natural. It made no sense in the natural. And often, when we hear this word of the Lord, especially when the Lord says, go there, or he gives an instruction, sometimes we want to wait and have the miracle come to us. And yes, by all means, it'll happen like that many times. But as we saw with this new building, and as we are continuously seeing in the season that we are in, sometimes it'll take a step of faith first to activate heaven over me. When we came here, Namibia, when we said yes to the Lord, I remember one person gave us a prophetic word and he says, you need to write a blank check to the Lord, a blank check that already says yes on it, before you even hear the instruction, because that will activate heaven over you. And I remember the moment we said yes, we decided in our hearts there were no guarantees, no one said Esau was dead, that, that. We just had the word, and the moment we said yes, I resigned from my job in that season, the moment we did that, and the moment we started proclaiming, this is what we're going to do, this is a vision, this is where we're going, the first seed of support came in. It was the same when we did it with this building. We had a word from the Lord. We prayed. We sought the Lord. It seemed impossible. It still in many, many places feels impossible. And the moment we said yes, a seed of heaven released open us over us. Something opened over us. And this is where we need to understand sometimes. Sometimes we stand in front of that Red Sea and we're waiting for it to open. And the Lord says, I'm waiting for you to say yes to lead the Israelites to that place. What is that step of obedience that the Lord is maybe speaking to you this morning? What is he speaking to me this morning? What is the next step of faith I need to take that will actually open heaven up over me? Every miracle begins with a step of obedience. Number three, many times our blessings and our breakthrough are connected to our sacrifice. This widow had a choice in this matter. She had heard the word of the Lord. Elijah heard the word of the Lord. She had a choice. She could have easily said, I'm sorry, man of God. I hear you. I, I realize you're a prophet. I realize you are a mighty man of God. I hear you. Maybe I believe your word. Maybe not. But I'd rather let us, me and my son, have our last meal and die in peace. But she she realized that maybe there is something in this word that even if she sacrifices her last that she had, maybe there's an ounce of truth in what this prophet is saying. And the moment she did that, the moment she sacrificed her very last, the miracle came through. And so sometimes church, the Lord will lead us to a place where he asks us to give the very thing that we do not want to give. But that is the time and that is the place where the miracle of endless provision, the Bible says that the oil never ran out. The flour never ran out. But first, what did she have to do? She had to sacrifice the last that she had. And so I believe that that is something that the Lord wants to teach us as a kingdom principle, that sometimes even, and I'm not talking just finance or food or provision, I'm talking whatever it is, it can be anything in our lives. It could be, you know, I can't think, there's too many examples. But the principle is this, 
when I give out of my lack, what I think is my lack, when I give out of a place or sacrifice out of a place, it could be time. My, I give the last that I have is the moment where God comes in. And God brings the blessing, God brings the breakthrough, God brings the answer. And I feel like this is what we are seeing literally right now. Johannes and I were at the last, and we were like, Lord, this is all that we have. When we, when we went on our last outreach, we felt strongly, Johannes felt in his heart that the Lord is leading us to help Pastor Romanus build him a small house, build something for them where they can live. And as a church, we were trusting the Lord for our own home. Like we weren't necessarily in a natural position to go build houses when we need a house of our own. And the Lord spoke to us and he said, if you give out of what you have, you put my kingdom first and you focus on my word and what I'm saying over here, I will focus on this over here. And it's not two months later and here we are today. And so sometimes the Lord says that your blessings are connected to your sacrifice. And so I just want to leave you with this this morning for, for what is on my heart. And Johannes will share the rest as he leads us into communion this morning. Is that I want to encourage us as a church, whatever the Lord speaks to you personally for your life, for your family's life, for your future in 2023, this next season he's taking us into. I want to encourage you this morning, church. Don't give up believing in the God that we serve. Even if you are sitting here this morning and you feel like you have been praying about something, you have been fasting about something, and that breakthrough hasn't come, I want to encourage you this morning. He is the God of blessing. He is the God of breakthrough. He is the God of miracles. But remember that sometimes He wants us to participate in that. So I want to encourage you this morning, use, use this time of December not just for okay, just go crazy and party and Christmas. And it's amazing. Do that. It's fun. It's awesome. But make time to be still with the Lord and ask him, Lord, what is the word that you are speaking to me, to my family, about my business, about every area in my life for this next year? And the Lord will not hesitate. He wants us to be a part of his plan. He wants to be involved in your day-to-day life. And then secondly, Lord, what is the step of obedience you're calling me to take? What does that look like for me? What does that look like for you in different areas of our life? Because I believe God wants to, he wants to take us to a place where we will not hesitate to just move at one word. That's where he wants to grow us. And if we're not there yet, that's okay. He takes us on a journey, praise the Lord. He takes us on a journey. The Bible says he takes us from strength to strength and glory to glory. And so I want to encourage you just with that thought that he is faithful. Amen. And whatever word that he's got over you, over your family, over every area of your life, he is the one that will be faithful to complete it. All we need to do is just stand in faith and move with him as the Spirit leads us. Amen. 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 That was a good word from Marissa. Sure. I didn't hear that one before, so it was new for me as well. Uh, normally, it's something that I hear the whole week, every time, over and over, but now it was a first, so wow. Um, and speaking about obedience and sacrifice, I'm just going to continue um, for us in the book of Daniel. So if we guys, uh, if, if we can turn to Daniel 6. And I'm going to, 
We're actually going to read the whole book, but I'm going to do it um, bit by bit. And if we can start in, um, from verse 1 to 4, Daniel 6 from verse 1 to 4 in the New King James Version. It should be on the screen. It pleased Darius, um, let me read it in this one, there's a bit of reflection on my, my pages there. It pleased Darius to set over the kingdom 120 satraps to be over the whole kingdom. And over these three governors of whom Daniel was one, that this, um, the satraps might give account to them so that the king would suffer no loss. In verse 3, Then this Daniel distinguished himself above the, the governors and satraps because an, expelled, uh, an excellent spirit was in him. And the king gave thought to setting him over the whole realm. So the, the governors and the satraps sought to find some charge against Daniel concerning the kingdom, but they could find no charge or fault because he was faithful, nor was there any error or fault found in him. So, so because of, the, of Daniel's obedience towards God, God gave him favor with man, you know, with the king that, that wanted to appoint him to a much higher um, a position. But also, with that, the, 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 the favor that came, he also um, became a, a target for people. You know, the, the, the people begin to be um, jealous and towards him, that they begin to be envious to, to what he received from, from the king, from God, the, the favor. So there's many ups and downs when we, when we are obedient to God and we step into his favor. The ups and downs is, is from the, the people, from kings, from the, the situations around us. And what we should know is with the, the favor that we receive from God, it doesn't always look like the way we think it should look. The, the, the favor that does not always mean what we imagine it means. We sometimes think, you know, when I obey God and I step in the, the favor of God, everything is going to be good. Everything is going to go well. Everything is going to be hunky-dory. But in essence, what this truly means, the, the favor of God, God means that we actually obey Him. So we, we sacrifice our lives to obey God, to obey His will. And by walking in His will, we are also walking in His favor. But again, it doesn't always mean that everything will be hunky-dory. Amen? So sometimes when, when we walk in the will of God, you know, things things can become, become uncomfortable for us. Um, when we do His will, you know, we, 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 we walk in His the, the, the favor that can sometimes lead us to a, a good 
a situation, we feel good, everything is good, life is for us, the, the people are for us, but also sometimes when we obey Him and we sacrifice our lives, it can also put us in situations that's not easy, that's uncomfortable, where we actually put on ourselves a target and people take advantage of that. So, but what we want, uh, uh, but the, the one thing I want, I want to, to, to share today is, is that no matter what um, the, 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 the favor on, um, of the Lord on our lives look like, all we need to do, no matter our circumstances, is to keep focusing on God, keep obeying His will, and the rest will sort itself out. Amen? So as long as we are obedient toward God, we will walk in the protection of His will. As long as we are obedient toward God, we will walk in the protection of His will. And that should, should actually be something that gives us the, the peace of mind. Because when we obey Him, when we receive the, knees and the favor, it means that we are walking in His will. And if it's His will, we know everything that the Lord does. He's, well, he's, he's got a good will, perfect will, and it will come to pass. So we have His divine protection, and that gives us peace. Amen? And then verse 5 to 9. Verse 5 to 9. Then these men said, We shall not find any charge against this Daniel unless we find it against him concerning the law of his God. So the, these governors and the satraps um, thronged before the king and said thus to him, King Darius, live forever. All the, the governors of the kingdom, the administrators and the, the satraps, the counselors and advisors, have consulted together to establish a royal statute and make a firm decree that whoever petitions any god or man for 30 days, except you, O king, shall be cast into the den of lions. Now, O king, establish the decree and sign the writing so that it cannot be changed according to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter. Therefore, King Darius signed the written decree. So, what happened here? The obedience of Daniel, the sacrifice that he made, that he stepped out in faith to obey his God, to pray to his God, the God of Israel, our God, it, it put him in a a, a, a negative um, um, spot. And what we can see from this is that sometimes obedience towards God will cost us. It's not always going to be hunky-dory. Sometimes obedience toward God will cost us. Um, sometimes when we, we, when we sacrifice towards the will of God, we will endure hardship. We will endure difficult situations. Sometimes when we do the will of God, we become popular with 
the people. And they look at us, they love us, they see the anointing, everything is awesome. But also, sometimes when you obey the Word of God and you sacrifice yourself in that obedience and you speak truth to people, the people will begin to hate you. Some people, when you obey God and you share the truth of the Word, it will actually open up their heart. It will actually bring them truth and they will accept that truth and they will come closer to God. Some people where you do the same thing, you obey the Word of God, you live that lifestyle according to His Word, the people will look at you and their hearts will become hardened. And they will reject you. They will reject the Lord. They will reject His people and they will reject His law. Some will receive the truth. Some will reject it. But what is our role as believers is again to just f focus on God, obey His word and His will and do what He asks of you. Not what anyone else asks of you, what He asks of you. Because then you walk under His divine protection. Because sometimes when you do the right thing, it puts you in the wrong place. But again, the Lord wants us only to be obedient to Him and His Word, no matter our circumstances. Amen. Verse 10 to 16. Verse 10 to 16 in Daniel 6. Now when Daniel knew that the writing was signed, he went home. And in his upper room, with his windows open towards Jerusalem, he knelt down on his knees three times that day and prayed and gave thanks before his God, as was his custom since early days. Then these men assembled and found Daniel praying and making supplication before his God. And they went before the king and spoke concerning the king's decree. Have you not signed a decree that every man who petitions any god or man within 30 days, except you, king, shall be cast into a den of lions? The king answered and said, The thing is true. According to the law of the Medes and the Persians, which does not alter, so they answered and said before the king that Daniel, who is one of the captives from Judah, does not show due regard for you, O king, or for the de decree that you have signed, but makes his petitions three times a day. And the king, when he heard these words, was greatly displeased with himself and set his heart on Daniel to, del um, to deliver him, and he labored till the going down of the sun to deliver him. Then these men approached the king and said to the king, Know, O king, that it is the law of the Medes and the Persians that no decree or statute which the king established may be changed. So the king gave the command, and they brought Daniel and cast him into the den of lions. But the king spoke, saying to Daniel, Your God, 
whom you serve continually, he will deliver you. What we can see from this is even in the face of threats, about to be killed, becoming unpopular with the people, Daniel still obeyed God. He still did the same thing as his custom was. And no one could take that away from him. He resisted the society. He resisted the culture around him. And everyone did this thing. He stayed to what his custom was with his, with his God. He defied the rule of the law, which went against his beliefs, against his God. He stood focus on, on, on God, which means if his focus was on God, it means that he was steadfast in his beliefs, and he could only do that as a child of God. He could only do that and step out in that, the, the, the boldness, resisting everything and everyone around him, if he believed in God, if he had the Holy Spirit within him. So we can see how important it is for us as well as believers to keep on obeying the Lord, keep His Holy Spirit within us, obey His Lord, and He will protect us. He will um, deliver us, even if we are threatened by society or whoever's around us. And we should not, as believers, fear man or anything created because the Lord is in us. If we obey Him, if we sacrifice who we are in our lives, He will protect us. He will deliver us. Let's go to the next verse, verse 17 to 24. 17 to 24. Then a stone was brought and laid on the mouth of the den, and the king sealed it with his own signet ring and with the signet of his, um, of his lords, that the purpose concerning Daniel might not be changed. Now the king went to his place and spent the night fasting, and no musicians were brought before him. Also his sleep went from him. Then the king arose very early in the morning and went in haste to the den of lions. And when he came to the den, he cried out with a lamenting voice to Daniel. The king spoke, saying to Daniel, Daniel, servant of the living God, has your God, whom you serve continually, been able to deliver you from the lions? Then Daniel said to the king, O king, live forever. My God sent his angel and shut the lions' mouths so that they have not hurt me because I was found innocent before him. I love that piece. Um, the enemy wants to accuse you, accuse you, accuse you. He's the accuser. But as a believer, you are found innocent before him. And also, O king, I have done no wrong before you. Now, now the king was exceedingly glad for him and commanded that they should take Daniel up out of the den. So Daniel was taken up out of the den and I love this as well. And no injury whatever was found on him because he 
believed in his God. When we as believers obey God and we walk in his will and we sacrifice ourselves and our will and needs, God will intervene in our lives and our circumstances. He will intervene in our lives and our circumstances. What he does and how he does it, it doesn't concern us. What the, the, the people say to us, what they think about us, what they do to us, it doesn't concern us at all. Because why, if we try to, 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 to focus and make sense of all these things, it steals our focus from God. All we need to know is that when we obey Him, and I'm going to repeat it over and over, when we obey Him, when we sacrifice who we are, He will intervene, He will look after us, He will protect us. All we have to do is to trust God and do what is right and leave the outworking and the result thereof to God. The price of obedience is actually, I'm going to start again, this, this is not something you must write down. The price of obedience is actually the privilege of obedience to God. The price of obedience is actually the privilege of obedience to God. Why do I, I, I say that? Because we know that sometimes when you obey, man, it's hard. You suffer, you struggle. It's not always good for us. We don't always feel good. However, why do we say the price of obedience is actually the privilege of obedience to God? Because we know that when we obey God, when we walk in obedience to God, we live a life that's pleasing to God. When we obey God, we live a life of faith. It says in Scripture, I think we talked about it last week, that if you don't have faith, you can't please God. If you have, if the life where you are now and the life where you are going does not involve faith, it's not a life pleasing to God. So again, it's a privilege to obey God because it means you're walking in His will, you obey Him, it means you're under His protection. You can have peace because you know His will will be done. His word never returns a void. One day when you end up in heaven, you will hear those words, well done, good and faithful servant. Amen? And then God actually, He did, He vindicated Daniel, um, as we can see in the next part, verse 24 onwards. And this is my last part before we have communion. Verse 24, And the king gave the command, and they brought those men who had accused Daniel, and they cast him into the den of lions, them, their children, and their wives. And the lions overpowered them and broke all their bones in pieces before they ever came to the, 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 the bottom of the den. That's intense. As they fell down and the lions went for them, crazy. 
Then the king Darius wrote, To all peoples, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth, peace be multiplied to you. I make a decree that in every dominion of my kingdom, men must tremble and fear before the God of Daniel, for he is the living God and steadfast forever. His kingdom is the one which shall not be destroyed, and his dominion shall endure to the end. He delivers and rescues, and he works signs and wonders in heaven and on earth, who has delivered Daniel from the power of the lions. So this Daniel prospered in the reign of Darius and in the reign of Cyrus the Persian. One guy, Daniel, his obedience to God affected a whole nation. When people looked at him, they saw who God truly is. They saw the real God, the true God, the one who rescues, the one who is always steadfast, a living God, the one that shall not be destroyed, the one who has a, 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 um, whose dominion shall endure forever, the one who rescues, the one who works signs and wonders, that they now recognize in Daniel who the real God is. So one man's obedience changed a nation. Just think if every believer out there obeyed the Word of God, obeyed God, what it can do in your own life, in your own family, your work environment, your city, your country. His obedience to God affected the whole kingdom. Daniel stood fast. He had spiritual resolve, which means that he decided to do the right thing and stick to it. He wasn't affected by the people's opinion. He wasn't affected by the weather. He wasn't affected by nothing. He just made a resolve within his heart. This is the Word of God. This is my God. All I need to do is sacrifice myself Obey his word. Everything else the Lord will look after. Amen. So he, he made a choice to be devoted to his heavenly father. And ultimately the Lord used the life of Daniel to his glory. And that's a big thing. And um. With that, I'm going to lead into communion so our team can get ready to share. But today when we take part of a communion, we, we, we need to ask ourselves, and again, I'm going, to, I'm going to give us some time, that we all look within ourselves and look within our hearts and think, if we think about now the life of Daniel, how willing are we to obey the, the word of the Lord, to obey the commands of, of Jesus, 
to, to sacrifice ourselves in such a way that the Lord can come and use our lives to again bring Him glory. Not us. Johannes the Medicine, in 98 Nickel Street, nothing, but that the Lord can use you and your life in whichever way to ultimately bring Him glory, that His will be done, that His will will change a city, a family, a nation. How willing are you to walk in that kind of, of obedience? Let us also think, before we have it, um, the, the, the communion um, together, not just think, but we ask Holy Spirit if there's something within our lives that stops us again from walking in that obedience. That's something that sort of resists us from stepping over the line of not obeying the Lord to I'm going to obey the Lord with everything I have, no matter the cost to me as an individual. Because ultimately, it's about God. It brings Him glory. Amen. And on that note, the team can hand out the communion. And when everyone have um, their... The, communion let's let's all just then take a moment and think about our lives and where we are at in obeying the word of the Lord if there's anything that keeps us from fully walking with him us as believers in Jesus when we receive communion it's not just something we do because that's what we did and that's what we used to when we take part of a communion we actually sit around a table in the spirit and we take communion with our heavenly father so it's a serious thing it's not something that we should take lightly With this, from what we we saw today, what we we we, we read today, when we examine our hearts, 
our hearts need to be clean before the Lord. If we decide in our hearts that there are some things that we do not want to sacrifice, we can't necessarily take communion with God because we resist Him, we resist His Word. And when we do that, it's not, it's not right to have a communion with Him as if nothing has happened. A communion is actually a serious thing. So within our hearts now, take a moment to ex 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 examine your heart and see, are you willing to lay your life down, to obey the Lord, to obey His word, His will, and His commands, so that it ultimately brings Him glory. It'll take a step of faith and it'll take a step of trust. Let's just all have a, 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 a moment um, before we have communion together. Jesus did for us on the cross that he overcame the power of sin and death so that we can live freely and an abundant life with him and with the Father in eternity. Let's have the wine and the bread together. you are a great God, that you are a faithful God, Lord. Like we, we saw now in the book of Daniel, Lord, that every people and nations will one day recognize who you are, that you are a steadfast God, that you are a faithful God, that you will protect those who walk according to your will, Lord Jesus. We thank you that 
that you are a living God, that we can serve you. We thank you, Lord, that you chose us to be a part of your kingdom. We thank you, Lord, for your hand upon this church and everyone in it. We thank you, Lord, for your hand upon this building and the people and everything that is here, Lord Jesus. We thank you that in these last months we could see, Lord, that we are walking in your favor because you are a good God. That sometimes, Lord, yes, it was hard. Sometimes, Lord, yes, it was easy. But always we know, Lord, that you are a good God and your will and these desires for this church will come to, to pass. We, we, we thank you, Lord, that we know that when we as a church and when we as individuals walk in obedience to you and according to your will, you will take care of the rest. We thank you, Lord, that when we lay down ourselves every day, every day walking in obedience, that every day we walk in your favor and your grace and you will look after us. And therefore, Lord, we know we need not worry about tomorrow. We need not worry about the future or any lack because we know, Lord, you will look after us. You will, um, you will take care of the rest. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. We thank you, Lord, for this amazing this Sunday. We thank you, Lord, that we can come in your house and just be in your presence and be a part of this thing that you are building in Namibia, in Nevento. We, th we thank you, Lord, that, that we see already within our church, Lord, that you are building us all with a new level of faith, Lord God, that you're stretching us in all different levels, Lord. Physical, within our souls, within our spirit, you are stretching us, you are growing us, Lord God, because there's something you are about to do. There's something you are about to release on this church and everyone here. We thank you for that, Lord God. We thank you for your goodness. We thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are constantly here among us. No, no, no matter our circumstances that goes up and down, no matter our feelings, Lord God, that, that goes up and down, we know because of the promises of your word that Holy Spirit, you are always with us. That we are never alone. We thank you that you are our counselor. We thank you, Jesus, where it says in your scripture that your kingdom is at hand, that all we need to do, to do, Lord, as believers and as a church is to reach out, to reach forward and grab what you have for us. And what you have for us, Lord, is according to your good and perfect will. We thank you for that, Lord Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that you will bless this rest of this day, that you will bless everyone here. Whatever they will do today and the rest of the week, bless them, Lord God, with your goodness. Bless them with your, with your uh, with the, the favor, Lord. And as I always ask, Lord, and as I always pray, is make us always aware of your presence, not just in church, but everywhere we go that we always recognize and am aware of you and 
that will, Lord God, then help us and lead us to walk in obedience to you. We bring honor and glory to your name. We love you, Jesus. We love you, Father.